Well, welcome back, family, to the Care Team Podcast. This is episode 37 for May 27th. And uh, just a reminder that our verse for our podcast is Romans 12.2, Change Your Mind, Change Your Life, which is especially applicable today. Um, Our topic today is going to be Mental Health Awareness Month. And better to hit it late than never, I guess. Uh, we mm-hmm. decided that it would be good for us as the care team to uh, to talk about this. But Tommy has brought us uh, our soft start today, so I'm going to turn it over to him. So this time of the year, we have a lot of people graduating. A lot of people graduating from high school. A lot of people graduating from college. And uh, so what better way to, to, to talk about that than talk about maybe some advice we have for high schoolers or college graduates and uh, and maybe you haven't filled out your card yet to say you know congratulations so maybe this will give you some some things on there so uh we're gonna give some advice so whoever (laughs) wants to go first ladies Uh, first yeah okay um i think one of the biggest things i've learned lately i'm in college still um but i graduated high school and i think a really big thing for me is just never stop being a learner Um, Because I think sometimes we get through our degree and we're like, okay, I don't really need to Mm. learn about anything else, but it's really good to just keep an open mind and just continue to learn throughout your life. Good one. Mm, I don't don't know if this is so much good advice. It's just um, don't do what I did. (laughs) (laughs) That can be good advice. Which is where most of my lessons come from. But um, I think a couple of things for me is, you know, when I was in high school and growing up, I, I just had like... A vision of what I was supposed to do. I felt like I was supposed to go to college, get married, have kids, and I never really gave them any thought to any other options. You know, like one of the things I wish I would have done was was move south to the beach or somewhere warmer or just live somewhere other than where I had lived my whole life. Mm-hmm. And just, um, and I think also being, doing more things in my life on purpose, like thinking about not necessarily every step I was going to take, but but taking the time at a younger age to think about what I wanted my life to look like so that I could take steps towards that instead of just thinking things were just going to magically happen because they mm-hmm. don't. Yeah. Sure. So I've got one for um, uh, for high schoolers, and I've, actually I've got two for uh, high schoolers and one for college. So so um, if you just graduated college, you know, you're probably out on your own, you're thinking about getting out on your own, don't forget to call home, talk to your parents routinely. Mm-hmm. Make that a priority. That's good. And then if you're getting out of high school, uh, a couple things. One, you're going to be turning 18, so you're going to be getting a lot of offers for credit cards. Destroy them all. <laughs> good advice. <laughs> so live within your means. Uh, if you're able to study remotely, maybe that's an option to reduce costs. But also, if you do go in person, though, go to class. Even if you don't feel like it, go to class. If you're tired, go to class. If it's early, go to class. If it's a late class, go to class. I think you get the point. So. Tommy, people should go to class. Go to class. Uh, <laughs> I've got a couple. One's along the financial. Um, when you get out of college, if you don't yet have a job, or even if you are just getting started in your new career, keep your college budget. Mm-hmm. Don't start living above your means because you think you're going to have a certain amount of money or you're expecting save that extra money. You know, save it for, I don't know, getting married, buying a car, putting a down payment on a home, but don't suddenly go, oh, you know, I've got that freedom and now I'm going to live, you know, above my means or even right at my means. Continue to keep that budget. And then the second part, uh, and this is something I didn't do, so this is like learn from my mistake. I didn't keep a lot of college contacts. And as you're looking for work or maybe you're moving around the country and you need to get plugged in somewhere, even if they were just people you were connected to on Facebook or LinkedIn, 
just keep those relationships up because you never know when those contacts and connections will come in handy. Wait, what if Facebook didn't exist when you were in college? <laughs> well, <laughs> then you get out your Rolodex and you pull up the <laughs> names and numbers. Going through some old stuff there a couple weeks ago, I actually found a list of old numbers from college. I'm like, yep, if I would have had Facebook, I probably wouldn't need that. Right <laughs> so. Yeah. But anyway, that's good advice. So, But as we, as we dive in today, uh, we just want to talk about uh, mental health awareness month. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, as I was, as I was getting ready for this and as we were getting ready to talk about this, you know, I was thinking about what is the purpose of mental health awareness month? When did it start? Why is that important? And so one thing I, I, I was able to find here was his mental health awareness month was established in 1949 to mm. increase awareness about the importance of mental health and wellness in Americans lives and to celebrate recovery from mental illness. And, uh, and it just talked about the importance of mental health and, and how that impacts our entire life. Mm -hmm. That's so. a cool, that's cool to know. Cause I had no idea it had been around that long. Oh yeah. Same here. Yeah. Um, Tommy and I actually, I think it was the whole team we were talking prior to getting started today and you know, when there isn't health. And so I looked up on uh, psychiatry.org, their definition of mental illness. And I just want to read that. It says mental illnesses are health conditions involving changes in emotion, thinking or behavior or a combination of these. Furthermore, illnesses are associated with distress and or problems functioning in social work or family activities. So when you think about <clears throat> mental health, you also have to think about the opposite of that, which is mental illness. And sometimes even that word mental illness, we picture extreme cases, someone who's schizophrenic with hearing multiple voices who can't function at all and has to live in a group home. And while we want to address that today and talk a little bit about that too, we're also talking about the average person. And I know we've all got a lot to say, so I don't want to hog the time, but just another quick stat before somebody else jumps in here, 46.4% of adults will experience mental illness in their lifetime. That's, I mean, that's so close to 50%. So almost half of the adults, the adult population, will experience mental illness in their lifetime. And that's why this needs to be important to all of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, that number, when you told us that earlier, that was really surprising to me. I was shocked to hear that mental illness affects that many people. And I think some people are just still really in the dark about what mental illness even is. There's so many negative stigmas around it where it can be a treatable thing. And I think there's just so many people who don't fully know or understand it. So they don't really want to talk about it because it's still a big topic of people feeling ashamed of having mental illness. And I mean, I've even heard people say, well, you know, you know, back when I was young or whatever, we didn't, we didn't have mental illness. We didn't. And, and my thought was, Yes, we did. It just wasn't recognized. There was a lot more of a stigma and, and a lot more people suffered because they, they were, they were afraid to step forward or there was nowhere for them to go to get help in the first place. Yeah. Well, one thing we were talking about too, is just, you know, I, I know we've kind of talked a little about it <clears throat> just now is that this idea of a stigma and, and I'm thankful that there's a lot of efforts out there, intentional, deliberate efforts to remove the stigma. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, like one of the things I saw, uh, I saw just recently was uh, there's a there's a hashtag going around on a lot of social media. So hashtag break the stigma. And so just so if you if you use that hashtag to search for articles, you, you can find a lot of ways to to reduce the stigma or th or you can see things that people are doing to to try to to make it more readily available 
and and uh, to to normalize, you know, going to a mental health professional, whether it be a, a therapist or a psychiatrist, et cetera. I, I think the stigma, especially in the church, and, and I think it's important for us as a care team here at Northside Christian Church to speak of this from from a church perspective. Mm-hmm. I think that silent stigma in the church is is ancient and and it just some of those things have a hard time going away and and sort of being pushed against and so i was i was looking up scripture and i looked up uh john 9 you know jesus heals a man born blind and it says as he went along he saw a man blind from birth his disciples asked him rabbi who sinned this man or his parents that he was born blind jesus says in response neither this man nor his parents sinned but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. I think we forget sometimes that, um, you know, it's a scary thing. We don't understand it. Um, we fear it. We, we maybe don't comprehend why it, it exists or it ha- needs to exist. And so it's easier to shun people, to just be quiet about it, to be glad it's not us and kind of move along with our life. And we forget, I think this scripture is clear that not only... Uh, did this not happen? It's it's not a it's not a punishment for sin. It's not a curse on a family. It it happens in some sense. So God's power and love and goodness can be shown through them, through their healing and into the world, and so that we can show that love, so that we have people to help and to go to and to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And I want to talk a little bit later about you know, sort of clinical clinical disorders as mm-hmm. opposed to, you know, we all suffer depression, we all suffer anxiety, but the difference between a clinical disorder, but even those clinical disorders, uh, it's, not the, it's not the wrongdoing of somebody. I think we have to drop that idea that these are somehow bad or wrong people rather than just being sick people that need love and help. Well, especially yeah. when you start thinking about, you know, when... when when people do do go to get healing and they start having conversation, they start unpacking, you know, what's happening. Oftentimes you find that there's some type of a trauma mm-hmm. in their past and, and the effects of those trauma. And sometimes they had no control over that. Many times they have no control. Over right. it. Maybe it happens when they were a child and they're still trying to, you know, still trying to figure out their ABCs and, and trauma happens, you know, right. Uh, we were just talking a little bit earlier about Sesame street and just, you know, maybe they're, you know, they, they maybe maybe that was a period in life when this trauma happened, and now they're just realizing the effects of that trauma. Uh, I, I was just helping some folks today, uh, working through some trauma and, and past abuse stuff. And you're absolutely right, Tommy. I mean, this stuff can travel with travel with us for a lifetime, mm-hmm. and especially when things are stuffed down over years, that begins to build depression and anxiety, and and starts to come out and. A um, good friend of mine always used to say, rather than looking negatively on that, look at that as an invitation to a healing. Yep. That's the Lord, that's the Holy Spirit urging you to be free in a way that you're not free and to work on that. So rather, I hope that people listening and the folks that you're talking to, rather than being a stigma, it will be an encouragement. We all struggle with this at some time. The Lord wants to be our solution. And sometimes that solution from the Lord is through a counselor, a therapist, a pastor, a friend, sometimes even medication, sometimes even a medical doctor. So don't limit how the Lord can help and how he wants to help you find healing. Yeah. Well, in, in one scripture I was going through yesterday and the day before a little bit, just kind of unpacking it on my own, was uh, uh, in Second Timothy 3, uh, verse 16 and 17. It says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped 
for every good work. And so mm-hmm. just understanding that like the, the, the word of God is, is breathed out by God. Um, and, and in this particular session, you know, in this session, in this particular, uh, scripture in the, in these verses, uh, this, this is a point where Paul is writing to Timothy as he's getting, he's, Paul is awaiting execution. And, you know, in the midst of that, he's saying, no, it's still good for, for, for teaching, for, for correction, for training, uh, you know, even, even as he's facing execution himself. You know, and I just kind of thought of this as I'm sitting here now, I'm thinking about the things that I've struggled with in my life. A- another way that we can help our brothers and sisters in Christ and even folks that don't know him yet is to be open and willing to share the places that not only that we may still struggle, but more importantly, the places we have victory. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a time where I had so much anxiety, I wouldn't fly on an airplane. Mm-hmm. I can jump on an airplane and not think twice about it now because I have victory in Christ. There yeah. was a time in my life where I was addicted. I haven't been addicted to anything in over 25 years. That's a victory in Christ. It, it's not to my glory, it's to his glory. It's the fact that if you're suffering, you too can find victory in Christ. Mm-hmm. And and how important it is that that, you know, sometimes we want to hide those things, even if we've had victory over them, because we don't want people to think of us or see us in a certain light. But you may be diminishing what the Lord has put you in this person's life to do. That may be the very reason you're having a conversation with this person so that they too can find healing and victory and freedom in Christ. Yeah. Well, and, and we think too that, you know, that, uh, you know, maybe, maybe you're listening and you're thinking I'm alone or, you know, nobody else has to deal with this except for me. And it's, you know, there, we were talking about stats earlier. Uh, you know, uh, one stat I heard from 2020 has said that 71% of people felt easily annoyed or irritated at least half the time or nearly every day. So going around very regularly feeling annoyed and then 82% reported being so irritable that they shouted at people or started fights or arguments. Mm-hmm. You know, just, you know, so like these, this is a significant number per percentage of the population. So you're not alone. Well, let me add to that. 43.8 million people just in the United States in one year will experience mental illness. Yeah. You can't be alone if 43 million other people are having that experience too. I like what you said about um, having, having victory over your mental illness. Um, I think kind of, you know, Converse to that is sometimes um, I hear people who use their mental illness as an excuse. Mm-hmm. Well, I have anxiety, so that's why I oh, acted yeah. that way. Yeah. Or you have you just have to forgive my behavior because of whatever you know mental illness I have. That's just who I am as a person, and then that gives them they think that gives them leeway to not work on themselves and not get help, and they use it as an excuse for bad behavior sometimes. I think that's a good point. And might be a good point in the podcast to differentiate between what would be sort of a chronic condition based on body chemistry and mental chemistry, mm-hmm. as opposed to maybe a, an emotional struggle or a phase in life or a season. Um, there are there are folks, and I want you to hear this, those of you not only who maybe fit in this group, but those of you who uh, misunderstand this group, there are people whose mental chemistry, the way their body's made, the way it functions, it doesn't function the way God intended. We live in a broken world. Mm -hmm. Things break down. We were made from the dust of the earth, and the earth is broken ever since the fall. That includes not only our body. Somehow we're easy to accept someone who has a physical disability, but we're not as quick to accept a mental disability, maybe because we can't see it per se and measure it, 
but that doesn't make it less real. And so I think Lori's point is a very good one, but we must be careful because there are individuals that this will be a lifetime um, a lifetime struggle for them. And right. it will be something that probably will need a combination of uh, drugs, you know, medical help, medical support, as well as therapy, and maybe even support programs and things in the church. So I, I just think it's important to differentiate those things. And it's easy. I, I've just seen a lot of judgment towards folks that are struggling with this. And it's a burden they have to carry that we don't have to carry. And we mm -hmm. should tread lightly on judging folks that have that. Now, with that said, and back to Lori's point, there are also people who have those chronic conditions who demand day after day that medicine is going to solve all their problems. Mm -hmm. The way I tell folks when they come in for counseling is if, if quote-unquote normal people are at baseline zero, then people struggling with mental health are at negative 20. Medicine brings you up to baseline zero. Medicine is not meant to bring you up to 40 if you're at <laughs> negative 20. Yeah. It brings you up to an e even playing field. Yeah. So what does that mean? What am I talking about? Well, what I'm saying is if that quote-unquote normal person is struggling in life and needs therapy, they go to a counselor and the counselor gives them suggestions and they get better. Mm -hmm. A person who's at negative 20 because they're not on their medication goes to that same counselor at that same issue, and no matter how hard they try, they don't get any better. But once they get on medication and they're brought up to baseline, they're brought up to zero, now the same therapy that helped that other person will help them as well. Medicine is not meant to make you high. It's meant to make <laughs> you equal with everybody else mm -hmm. so you can actually address the things you need to address. And the people in my life that I've seen demand medication to be the answer are always on a merry-go-round of getting on a new medication, getting off an old one, trying a new combination, changing yep. a doctor, chasing, chasing, chasing. God wants to be the ultimate answer. Mm -hmm. And so even if you get on medication, part of the point of getting on medication is so that you can have a closer relationship with Jesus. Yep. If I'm schizophrenic and I'm hearing voices and when I'm on medication, I'm not, then I can hear the still small voice of God. Mm -hmm. That's the point. Yeah. The point is not for the medication to be the solution. I hope that makes sense. Well, and the other thing too is I remember having this conversation a few years ago. Uh, I guess it was about... Uh, nine years ago, something like that. And we were talking about, you know, medication, medication, yes, medication, no. And uh, a therapist brought this up. Uh, she's she's not a psychiatrist, but, you know, from a, from a therapy uh, perspective, she goes, look, you know, medication in this situation may help. It may help significantly. But if you don't medicate, if, you, if you're anti-medication, then who's to say that person may not develop unhealthy coping skills mm, that's good and so then you can find yourself in a, in a place where you're, you're self-medicating you're, you're turning to other things maybe not necessarily chemicals or, or alcohol or things like that but other things to cope and mm -hmm. so it's it's important to 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 find that to identify that and to act quickly not not to say i'm not not saying medication is always the solution but if someone's saying hey this may help us get to that that baseline then it, you, you need to take a serious consideration because you don't want to have unhealthy coping mechanisms. It's a really good point. You know, one of, one of our kind of flagship programs is Celebrate Recovery, which mm -hmm. we've talked about on this podcast before, which is primary function, or at least its origination was in the treatment of addiction. And a lot, and I'm going to teach you some people a new word today, and the new word is comorbid, which just means co-occurring. 
And most people who struggle with addiction have a co-occurring or comorbid mental illness. Mm -hmm. A lot of times their addiction started just what you described, Tommy. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take a drink because I'm so anxious unless I've got a few drinks in me that yeah. I can't go to a party, I can't go to work. And then before they know it, drinking's become a problem in their life. So there's a, there's a lot of truth in what you said and just encouraging you that if you if you're hearing this and you go oh i do that or i do some other thing like that you know talk to your pastor go talk to a therapist find a positive solution there's medicines out there that don't get you high that aren't aren't meant to to do anything other than stabilize you so you can live your life and um you know we're not here on this podcast to advocate for one particular treatment or for drugs or not for drugs what we're saying to you is God wants to be the author of your healing, and sometimes mm -hmm. that includes a medicine as yeah. well. I, I know, like for me, like you know, as as we as we shift for a second, you know, to think about you know what what are some of the next steps? What are some things we mm -hmm. can do? You know, may, maybe the people listening are, are clinicians, maybe they're psychiatrists, uh, maybe they just have a loved one or a friend who's who's struggling with mental illness. Maybe they're struggling with mental illness himself. But uh, you know, I was I was reading through some things, uh, getting ready for today. And uh, one of the things that I read through is just like, what are some next steps we can do? And these are some things that just kind of popped out. First thing is talk about mental illness. Don't, don't, don't just kind of, you know, shove it to the side and, and, and ignore it, you know. And then I know we've talked a lot about uh, on this podcast and others uh, in other settings is the importance of community and relationships mm -hmm. and having people in your yes. life. That, that's why we have celebrate recovery and other support groups. Um, maybe asking, you know, what can I do to help? What are some things I can do to help? Or, you know, encouraging them to take care of, uh, of themselves physically, you know, sleep, eat, uh, you know, take, you know, take care of yourself, you know, as far as like, you know, showers and putting real, on fresh real clothes. Real quick on that, an easy yeah. way to remember yeah. it is halt. Yeah. Don't get too hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Yeah, yeah. Right. Take care of yourself great, in those, like in those yeah. core areas. Don't get too hungry, yeah. angry, lonely, or tired. Yeah. Oh, I, I love that. Yeah. And, and so yeah, halt. If you guys, if you guys caught that a uh, couple other things, just be present, be around, be consistent, let the person know you're not going anywhere, journey with mm -hmm. them, uh, show acceptance, you know, so be patient because some of the stuff t just takes time and then, uh, you know, just help with practical needs, you know, just let them know that, Hey, look, you don't have to go with this alone. Uh, maybe I can cut your grass. Maybe I can just pray for you. Maybe I'm just sitting with you. So, That's good. Um, what Kelly, about, Lori, you yeah. are doing way too much talking. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you tell us that every yeah. week. Um, yeah, I think a big thing that's been on my heart just since we started is just people that don't really even know that they struggle with mental illness because mm -hmm. it's not labeled. Um, but they know that they probably feel like it's not completely right the way they think or process or deal with things. And so I just want to encourage you, if you've ever felt like, I don't really think it's normal that I'm thinking about things this way or why do I get so worried so often or just have questions just to reach out to somebody that you trust and just be like, Hey, I think I might be struggling with something. Can I talk with you through it? I'm um, specifically like a counselor or somebody who specializes in this. Um, cause unfortunately we have friends, but sometimes those friends can't really give us the support we need when it comes to, um, people who are trained professionals with this. Um, so I think that's a really big thing too. That's great. I do yeah. think it's important though to have to have a support system, have people right. around you. Um, you know, I know someone who, you know, was struggling with some things and it was suggested that they, they go on medicine to help out. And their concern was, 
I'm, I'm afraid I'll become someone else. Mm-hmm. I'll become a different person, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I talked to them and said, you know, I, I promise as someone who loves you that if I see that happening, I'll step in and, and help out with that. So you make sure you're not walking through things alone. That's, mm-hmm. yeah. that's a great, you know, it's hard sometimes yep. to see ourselves accurately. So I love that about that's one of the best ways we can love and support somebody is whether it's feedback in the beginning, like Callie saying to say, Hey, you know what? I, I don't think uh, a wrapper on the floor should have caused you to put your foot through the wall. Maybe you want to talk to somebody, mm-hmm. you know, or, uh, or saying, yeah, you know what? Actually, since you've been taking that medication, I've noticed that you're a, you're like a much more upbeat person, you know, mm-hmm. just little, little mm-hmm. things like that can be some of the best support that we can give people is those, those, just those subtle things that we do as friends. And, um, and I like what you also said, Callie, about folks that, cause I, you know, these stats that we get, I don't know exactly how they verify these, you know, is mm-hmm. it self-report? Is it friend report? Is it family? Yeah. Um, we have to answer those questions. And that definition I read about causing problems and functioning in social work or family, that's going to be your best barometer. Mm-hmm. You don't have to label it if you don't want to. But if you're struggling in those areas, I think our maybe our major point today is that God loves you. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want you to be in distress. He doesn't want you to be causing problems in your life or other people's lives. And there is healing for you. Amen. Amen. And and as we as we shift one more time, you know the 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 thing we want to help as we as we come to a close here shortly is is where can we get help like mm-hmm. what places can we go to and and there's a wide variety of really wonderful resources online uh, here at the church we offer uh, pastoral counseling up to three sessions uh, we usually start with an intake form just to try to figure out what is you know just to to more quickly get to the chase of what's happening but we also partner with clinicians. And so whether uh, if you want to meet with us first, which we always encourage, but uh, if, if that's not the case, you know, you can go to our, our, our website, mynorthside.com slash care resources. And we actually publish uh, our list of clinicians. We just got that up. Thanks to Callie. Uh, she's been working diligently on that. Uh, there's also uh, psychiatrists and, then, you know, some of these, these clinicians and psychiatrists, that some of them take insurance, some of them don't. Uh, so I would just you know encourage you to, to to seek out, and we can help you navigate through some of that. And there, and that includes also mental health centers and and detox centers and drug treatment, because sometimes it's more of a um, a triage issue where we need to get you stabilized yep. first. So you need to know that we have those resources as well. Um, and we would love to help you navigate deciding what you need on that. So just contacting the church. But even if you're listening and you're, we know we've got some friends in Ireland and Germany, and we've got we've got friends around the country, West Coast, East Coast. Uh, obviously, you're not in our area. Contact your local church. Contact your mm-hmm. local church. Uh, get online. Do a search in your area. Help. Something that didn't exist even a few decades ago in our country is there's a lot of help out there now. There's yep. no reason to not seek help. There is help. Yeah, and especially with technology to help get connected. And the one thing I meant to mention earlier was uh, if, when you look at the clinicians that we refer in our region, uh, you're going to see that they're Christian clinicians. And so, you know, I heard this said a long time ago, and I just want to echo it, and that is, you know, you'll, the reason why we refer you to Christian clinicians is because when you show up, they're not going to try to cure you of your Jesus problem. And, and I mean that seriously, and I, and I mean that, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Uh, jokingly too, but but it's serious. I mean, you know th- that that is our our firm foundation. That's our bedrock. That's that's that, that's that's the the foundation which holds every bit of us up. And so they're not going to try to take that away or to encourage you to to drop that. So 
Uh, as we hear a wrap up, I'm reminded that prayer is the primary way we want to we want to start and begin and continue and to always remember to to pray for people. Uh, you know, and and so we just want to take this time to to close up in prayer. So uh, let's let's pray. Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you for this opportunity to gather. We thank you for uh, the opportunity to uh, to lift up the name of Jesus as we as we dive into uh, some tough topics like uh, uh, mental health and mental illness. God, we just pray that uh, uh, we pray for healing. If, if someone's struggling with mental illness, God, we just we pray for healing. We pray for support. We pray for uh, resources. We pray for relationships, people in and around them, family members, friends who can come alongside them and journey with them. We pray for doctors and, and nurses and, and physicians and uh, clinicians and psychiatrists and, uh, that, that will care for them, not not just to, to help treat them, but also to let them know that they are loved, uh, God, because as much as we love uh, people, we know that you love them so much more. And so we just pray for that uh, in and through uh, you know, family and friends and doctors and um so, God, we just pray uh, that you just bless this time. God, may we bring glory and honor to you. Maybe we lift up the name of Jesus as high as we can. It's in Christ we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, don't forget to join us every Thursday morning at 7 a.m. to catch this episode or others on Amazon Music, YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. And you can also go to mindorch.com slash care for additional resources. Love you guys. We'll catch you next week.